0: Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. I have the best news for you. Would you like to hear it? Sitting right over here, we have Jared and Kate McDonald with Maya Ruby for the very first time in church tonight. So That's pretty cool. It's pretty awesome. That's so exciting. We're so proud of you guys. Great work. They're doing so good, and she's very cute. Um, have I welcomed you yet? Have I introduced myself? No, my name's Caleb. Nice to meet you. Glad you're here and not at the food trucks down the road. Thanks for doing that. Hey, um, I want to speak this message tonight. I've titled it "Heartwork." Heartwork, um, Heart Work. And it's kind of based around Jesus' kind of iconic sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 5. Are we ready? Matthew 5 verse 8 says this. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Do you want to see God? Do you want to see God? I feel like the fact that you're here and not at the food trucks down the road, I hope that you want to see God. I hope that we want to see God. Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. What does it look like? What is is that pure heart? The Greek word katharos means clean, blameless, unstrained by guilt. A heart that is clean, a heart that is blameless, a a heart that's uninhabited or, or unstained by guilt. We make things pure by filtering and refining, by cleaning or pruning. John 15 says, we are the vine, he's the vine, we're the branches. We had Jeff Vines here last night. That's the best I've got. But we refine things by pruning, by cleaning, by filtering. Who likes a good filter coffee? No one, okay. Dan, I see that hand, come on. Thank you. Elijah down the front. We make things pure by filtering, cleaning and refining and pruning but what about our hearts? When was the last time we actually did work on our heart? Who likes hard work, not heart work, but who likes hard work? Few people do. I grew up in a home and it was like it was like my dad and mum's favorite thing to do was hard work. Did anyone have parents like that? Seriously, it's like their favorite thing to do is work and um, which was great like I guess good, very productive. I um, I remember like every every memory I have of of hanging out with Dad when I was little was working, and I don't regret it now. It's just it is what it is, and he was always so busy. Like he when I was a younger kid, he'd would he'd work shift work and he'd do four on four off sort of roster. We lived in a mining town, so everyone did that, and and on his days off, he ran a business on the side because work is awesome, the best thing ever. So worked and then worked and then. Any weekends or any days off, he'd be working around the house. He always, he always needs a project on the go. Do you know a person like that? Which was great until he needed offsiders for the project, which was us. And then it got to the next level when I got old enough to have friends over. It became not just me, but the friends that were over as well. Does anyone have a dad like that? And it's like, hey, boys, what are you doing? I'll oh, play an Xbox. Oh, awesome. Come help me build a fence. Oh, great. <laughs> awesome, dad. My friends are never going to come over ever again. He loved hard work. He loved it. But most of us, we don't. Especially this new generation, they hate it. They avoid it at all costs. You see, we all want the benefits and the, the end game of hard work, but very few of us actually commit to doing hard work. This hard work that I'm talking about is probably the hardest work of all. We all want to change the world. We want to do these big things, but rarely or seldom do we ever do work on ourselves, which I would call was Jesus' greatest message. He said, follow me and I will make you. He didn't say, follow me and you're going to change the world. He didn't say, follow me and I'll make you famous. No, no, it was, follow me and I will make you. So much of what Jesus taught was, Almost a a gospel that was so introverted in some ways, which suits me just fine in my personality, if you're wondering. Or maybe we just see what we are, and that's why I think Jesus was a bit like that. But but we need to do this hard work if we are ever going to make a difference in our world. I'm convinced by it. I just threw the scripture in because we're talking about hard work, and there's some youth in the room, so all your parents can thank me later. Proverbs 10.5 says this, A wise youth works hard all summer. A youth who sleeps away the air of opportunity brings shame. A wise youth works hard all summer. A youth who sleeps away the air of opportunity brings shame. Young people, can I just digress for a second? You've all got goals and you've all got dreams and that's awesome. They're not going to happen magically without doing anything. You're not going to have that YouTube channel with millions of views if you don't do something about it. You're not going to fulfill that dream. You're not going to become that if you don't do hard work now. Can I encourage us? Can we be a church that would encourage our younger people, that would champion them on and that we would speak words that would build them up, that we wouldn't go, no, 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 that dream sucks, get a new one. No, 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 we'd say, okay, if that's the dream, how are you going to do that? We're going to start, what's the first step? What would it look like for you to take one step towards your dream today? What would that look like? Young people, don't be afraid to work hard. So many people that I talk to that are doing great things with their life, it started with a step, it started with a decision, it started a lot of the times with a job that they didn't want to do to fund the job they really wanted to do in the future. Can I encourage us, let's be people that wouldn't be afraid of hard work or hard work. I remember one of my workplaces where I used to work hard. Um, they had this saying, and it was like, it was kind of, this unwritten law that you didn't talk about religion or God in your workplace. Has anyone worked in a workplace like that? I kind of have this theory that that was a personal thing. You know, like we, we don't talk about our faith. Faith religion, it's a personal matter. We don't talk about that here, Caleb. Oh, okay. Except for some of the conversations that I was privy to that I wish I wasn't, was a heck load more personal than what I believed or my faith. Has anyone experienced that? You see, and I used to think about I was just thinking about this statement this day, you know faith religion is a personal thing, and yet so many things I would consider more personal were freely discussed and But the statement usually is used to shut down christianity it 's usually used to shut down any views in the workplace because really we don't want to do the hard work. We don't want to actually work on ourselves. So we we have these blanket statements that shut down any notion, any thought of a a God or, or something bigger than ourselves because we love ourselves. You see, this statement was used to shut down any confrontation, any preaching in the workplace, and I understand that. But I was thinking this week of the profound truth that's hidden in this statement. Faith or religion is a personal thing. What if all of it has to start personally? Like I said before, we, we want to change the world. We, we want to do great things, but we seldom change ourselves. Sometimes I feel like we have made Christianity more of like a corporate identity, rather than a scandalous life <laughs> where we're changing and altering the world through the truth that Jesus gave us. It's a corporate identity. It's a use this font here. We use this words. We don't use those words. We look a certain way. We dress a certain way. We come to a certain thing. We associate with certain things and we disassociate with other things. Uh, I, I, it, it just blows my mind to think that our Christianity would be dumbed down to a corporate identity of do's and don'ts. It is so, so much more than that the great commission matthew 28 18 and 19 it says this and jesus came and spoke to them his disciples saying all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and the holy spirit which is awesome we always quote that bit but verse 20 listen to this verse 20 teaching them to observe all the things that i have commanded you and lo, I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. We focus on the go and make disciples, but seem to miss the part that he has commanded us, to, uh, he's commanded us to follow this personal transformation first and the promise of his presence. I think the disciples and the going and changing the world is a byproduct of us being transformed from the inside out. We want to transform everything from the outside in, and it doesn't work like that. This is, why, this is why the Bible talks about things like, hey, get, get the log out of your own eye. Then you can help someone with the splinter in theirs. It's got to start with us. If it doesn't start extern- internally, it will never reach externally. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. The religious people that incited the community to kill Jesus missed this. They missed the transformational nature of this message. Would you agree... In Matthew 23, Jesus kind of has a go at him. He says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You're like whitewashed tombs. You look beautiful on the outside, but in the inside, you're dead. Everything unclean, full of bones. In the same way on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. I'm glad he's not talking about the church today. That we portray this corporate identity, but on the inside, we're just as broken, just as hurt, just as lonely, just as hypocritical as the world. I'm glad that's not us. Can I get an amen? (laughs) It's got to start in here, church. Can we? I believe that we're going to see God move. I believe it. But the problem is is that we will kill this Jesus message if we continue to allow it to become nothing more than an outward cover-up. Or a quick fix for the symptoms of life. Yes, Christianity is more than Panadol. (laughs) It's more than this, hey, take this and you won't feel the symptoms of life anymore. No, no, I believe this is the cure. I believe that Jesus showed us a new way to live. And that's what he's talking about here. saying, hey, I'm showing you a new way. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Maybe this is also what Solomon was alluding to when he said, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Church, I want to see God. Our pastors want to see God. So they've titled this season Awake. Because they feel like in God it's a season where we need to wake up to what God is doing so that we can be a part of it. But my question is, do you want to see God? Do you want to see God? Because Jesus himself, kind of a big deal in our Christian faith. It's where we get the name, Christ. Christian, Christ in us. Do we want to see God or are we okay for us to be the Pharisees of the day that have it all on the outside, our corporate identity, but seldom work on the inside? Who likes sunscreen? Who normally wears 50 plus? Anyone? Woolworths active sport? This is a paid infomercial, not really. We have no problem slapping this all over our kids. Can I get an amen? But so many times, I'm like, Jethro, put your sunscreen on, man. We're at the beach. There's no way I'm putting this on. I don't want to go on the surf. I don't want to get into my eyes. I don't, I don't want to be all slimy. I don't want to smell like sunscreen. But we'll force it on others. Do you know what I'm saying? We'll see a stray wrangling kid just cruising around the beach and we'll be spraying someone else's kid just because we feel bad for them. (laughs) Won't we? But I'm not using this myself. I'm not applying this. I'll carry it. I'll take it to the beach. But I'm not going to use it on myself. I hope our Christianity is not like that. When we find that one person in our world, that ranger. You know, I'm not really talking about rangers. I'm talking about that one person that needs it more than us. That one person that needs the gospel more than us and will force it on them. But I'm not really going to deal with my hidden stuff. No, no, no. We don't get the luxury of that. We don't get to force our kids and other people to be sun smart and just keep slip, slop, slapping them around with our gospel if we don't apply it to ourselves in the first place. Do you agree? What about our Bible? What about this? Some of us, uh, and I'm guilty of this in the past too, and I'm really trying and I'm just sort of sharing where I'm at, but a lot of times in my life I've used this to judge or to make a line in the sand and, and, and justify my own actions and say I'm good with God because of this and this and this and this, but you're not because of this, this and this. And Sometimes I feel like we use this more to judge the world than to bless it. Do you know that Jesus loves humanity? He doesn't just love a corporate identity Christian church. That look good on the inside, on the outside, but on the inside are no different. I wonder if we could actually apply this. Not just carry it around. Not just memorize the scriptures without actually applying them to the way that we live. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall. See God. I want to use my Bible to judge myself before others. I want to use it to bless the world before me. I want this Christ message to go beyond. But for it to go beyond, it has to start with us. This is why the Bible says things like, judge judge not and you won't be judged. I'm not preaching a new message. I'm not preaching something new or foreign. I'm preaching the same thing that Jesus did. Romans 2 28 to 29. For you're not a true Jew because you were born of Jewish parents. You're not a true Christian because you were brought up in a Christian home or because you've prayed a prayer and got thrown in a spa. Verse 29. No, you're a true Jew, you're a true Christian, is one whose heart is right with God. In the context that he was speaking, he goes on to say, "...and true circumcision is not merely obeying the law, rather it is a change of heart produced by the Spirit. And if a person, and a person with a changed heart speaks praise from God, or seeks praise from God, not from people." And true circumcision is not merely obeying the law, rather it is a change of heart. You see, the Jewish culture would, you know, it would be an outward thing, this circumcision, but but it, it's not what is for us. It, it's not just an outward change, but it's a circumcision of the heart, is what he's trying to say. Mark 8, 36, what, for what? Will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? How are we going to do this heart work, and and what does it look like? I've got a few things. Are you ready? Number one, what do we need to filter? A great way to purify things is to filter them. What thoughts, what motives, do we need a to filter tonight? I'm guilty of this. I was telling someone this week. I feel like I'm the greediest person in the world at the moment because of the situation that I'm going through. I'm like, man, I think I'm the guiltiest. I'm, I'm the greediest person in the world, man. I need a filter myself. I need to pour my life over that filter paper through my V60 that I'd normally put the coffee in. What do we need to filter? Number two. What do we need to refine? You know, like gold and precious metals, like refining's not fun, hey. Refining hurts. I feel like that's been my walk with God at the moment, that... It's actually been hurting a bit. <laughs> I've been like, God, refine my heart. Like, God, do it. And it's like, oh, that really hurts. I enjoyed having that opinion. I enjoyed saying that. I enjoyed thinking that. And now, really, God, you're going to like that's burning. That's hot. What do we need to filter? What do we need to refine? Number 3. What do we need to prune? Like I said, that pure in the Greek at the start, that pure word, katharos means clean, blameless, unrestrained by guilt. Literally, filter, refining, cleaning, or pruning. What do we need to filter? What do we need to refine? And what do we need to prune? There's things in my life that I've, I've been okay, or I've been challenged, should I say? challenged to cut off, hey, I don't need to think like that anymore can we please do the heart work and the rest will fall into place? When we change ourselves in here, that will be the biggest testimony to our world. What would we... Would we be people that will do the heart work now because our world is waiting for us? Our world is waiting for us. Our world is waiting for us. If you're here and maybe you're new to church tonight, maybe you haven't really heard someone like this speak before and maybe you want to make the first step tonight to start this transformation from the inside out. For me, it looked like really a decision, but the decision was more than that. It was just an awareness of God and making a decision that I'm going to follow you and I'm going to open up my life to what you have for me. If you're here and you want to make that first step today, this whole heart work journey, it has to start with the first step of becoming aware of God and open up your life to what he has for you. If you're here tonight and you want to take that first step, I would love to take a moment to pray with you before we finish the service. So who is that tonight? Yeah, Caleb, I want to start this journey. I want to make the first decision working on my heart. Are you here? Just give me a wave. I don't want to embarrass you. i just love the opportunity to pray with you, actually. Pray with you, and then we'll play, pray corporately. Awesome. Are you here? Great. Let's pray. God, I just lift up your people this morning, this evening, sorry. I don't know if the prayer works if I call it the wrong time of day. God, I just lift us all up to you. God, in this room, not one is better, not one is worse. God, we're all just your people this morning, this evening. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would touch our hearts right now. God, we give you authority to start the heart work in our lives. God, show us the things to filter, show us the things to refine, and show us the things to prune, we pray. God, I just pray over every heart, every mind, and every thought in this place. God, I pray, Lord, that your message would be something that we would apply personally, Lord. God, let it not just be a cover-up. God, let it not just be a front or a building. But God, I pray that your message would go deep inside our hearts. God, we give you authority to transform us from the inside out. In Jesus' name, we pray. And everybody said? Amen. Thank you for your time. Why don't you come? Pastor Dan.